Welcome to Foster Carolinas, connecting the Carolinas to voices of foster care. L-O-T, the place I want to be. Come and sit down, have a foster chat with me. Welcome back to Foster Carolinas, where we try and talk about things that deal with foster care to educate our, the public. And today I have Miss Gail Osborne. Welcome, Gail. Hi, thanks for having me. You're welcome. And you are the executive di- director of Foster Family Alliance of North Carolina. Yes, and we're the parent association. We um, represent foster, adoptive, and kinship families across North Carolina. And so our, our role is to support the actual caregivers and to provide training, in-person coaching, you know, anything in between that you can think of um, for all of our constituents. That's awesome. We will put your website on in our show notes so that people, um, and do you have some online trainings for hours and things like that? We have tons of training right now. We just um, pulled in some training from an organization called Creating a Family. So if you go to our training, um, part of our website, you will see probably a hundred different um, on-demand trainings that are there. And when you're done, you get a certificate, the whole nine yards, so you can turn it in for your licensor. Um, I don't even know if you know this. What are your top trainings that people seem to zone in on? Um, adolescent development. I mean, there's a lot of training um, around that because that's, we get a lot of questions when kids hit those um, teenage years. And we get it from all walks, kinship, adoptive and foster families. Um, the other one is, it's really interesting, is shared parenting. Um, <laughs> that one gets probably more hits than any of them. And um, so we've, we're actually in the process of producing more training around that. And very specifically, when you have a situation where like the, you know, the foster parent and, or the kinship provider is having um I mean, lack of better words, a rub with um, the the biological family or the family of origination and being able to give you strategies to make that work and different, you know, things. That's hard. Shared yeah. parenting can be hard. Um, so, but today we really wanted to talk to you about some acronyms because let me just, I've been doing this for 10 years and I couldn't even tell you what some of these things mean. They throw these acronyms out like crazy. And I'm like, what does it even mean? So let's share what you know about acronyms in foster care. So I'll first say that there are times I have to like go to the internet and look it up and I'll be in a CFT for one of my... You just threw an acronym out. What's a CFT? It's a child and family team. There you go. And it's kind of funny, though, because sometimes when I go into meetings with other foster families or um, help them advocate for services, people will start throwing acronyms and I'll say, stop, let's let's not talk in acronyms. Let's use the actual words, because I think at times it just goes over your head Um, and you don't want to appear that you don't know what's going on. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, asking people, just stop them and, and, and just say, what is a CFT? Yeah. Um, you know, because I think we just get going so fast sometimes we forget not mm-hmm. everyone understands this language. Yeah, exactly. What are some others? So um, PPT, 
Oh, PPT. What does that stand for? That's permanency placement team. Um, And so those are those invites that you get that are like a 10 minute meeting and they do them incrementally like three months, six months, where they look at what is the permanency plan for the child that's in your home. Now, should a foster parent be in a CFT meeting and a PPT meeting? Absolutely. I mean, any opportunity that you can be there, and if you can't be there physically, ask to be phoned in. Okay. Uh, and I do that a lot. Um, I, I'll say, please, please call me at the time. And I'm not one time heard a no, um, because you do have a right to be at the table. Now, go back to the CFT part. <laughs> um, there are parts of the child and family team meeting that you should not be privileged to. Um, or, you know, it's all about confidentiality, um, some very different things. So when they start talking about the health of the biological family, um, when they start talking about specifics on the case plan that don't pertain to you, um, there are times that I just say, well, sounds like you guys are on this part. I'm going to excuse myself because I, I think there's some, we have to guard that. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's just, and it's, treating that family that is at the table with us um, with dignity right? Um, and, and not throwing them under the bus because they, they're very intimidated by how many people are at the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't want your presence to be just another set of eyes judging them. Right. And so just, you know, naturally I, I'm going to, I'm going to hang up now. You guys are on to that. Um, but now deep down inside, I want to know because I want to know <laughs> I was gonna say. where my kid comes from right. and sits in my home. And, and especially if a case is going to adoption, I want to sop up every single word so that I can help my child. But again, it's treating them with dignity. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I even my line that I draw is when you're discussing things around HIPAA and up. Oh, there's another one. Yeah. What does that one stand for? <laughs> it's the health information protection. Uh, I forget what the other P is. Uh, and then act. Um, protection, I bet. Probably. Um, and so the idea is anything that's medically related, um, you know, we want to be careful that we're not um, putting ourselves in that space, especially when it's someone else's health. Um, now, the child in your care, absolutely. I mean, you've got to know everything, but just be be aware of that. Yep. So what's another one? Um, I spend a lot of time talking with parents about IEPs. Um, so individualized education plans, you'll hear that. Um, and that's not one that is directly re- related to child welfare, but a lot of our children um, are involved in that. What and does so that stand for? Individualized education plans mm. or plan. So education plan. And this has nothing to do really well, it probably does, but how does that differ from a 504 plan? So an IEP, Individualized Education Plan, is you have accommodations and modifications that are built in, but you also have specialized instruction. Whereas with just a 504, you're only going to have accommodations and modifications to the curriculum. I gotcha. Um, And so both of them, you have to show educational impact and, you know, on and on and on. And and just to kind of throw this in here now, 
we actually wrote a grant this year to where we could support uh, children that had an IEP or were in the process of, and even um, children with 504s to help the parents walk through this journey. Mm -hmm. And so anywhere along the continuum of child welfare, if you need help with that, then just go to our website and reach out and we will definitely uh, give you a buzz and, and begin to coach you through it. And there are some circumstances where we attend meetings virtually. Okay. So let's talk about some of those courtroom <laughs> ones that you hear. Well, first of all, this isn't even um, what we're talking about, adjudication. Like some people are like, what does adjudication mean? So adjudication is that first um, court appearance and it's done within um, seven days. And I, we have training on our website that very specifically walks through the legal process and explains timelines and things like that. But it's that seven-day um, court time where, you know, the counties are able to share with the judge why this child is in custody, and then the judge at that point secures their custody. Um, and it's it's not a temporary custody. It is at that point it becomes full custody um, into the uh, counties and stuff. And so, if a parent doesn't show up, if a biological parent doesn't show up, then it's continued because at that point we, they need to have that interaction with that parent. And so we hear a lot of, gosh, we're on six months and we haven't even gone through adjudication yet. And it boils down to they're, they're trying to locate that family member or, you know, at least one of the parents to be able to then come to court and, you know, engage with DSS at that point. And so, for me, it's one of those first times. And when I get a brand new placement and they're coming straight into me, I want to be at that adjudication meeting, a, a court appointment, just simply I can meet the parents at that point. I mean, can you imagine your child being with another family and not knowing who that person is? Yeah. And so like I show up at that point and you know, and, and hi, I'm Gail. And, and, you know, your child's living with me. And, you know, it, can you tell me the intricacies of your yeah. child? I mean, like, what are their favorite foods? And, and you're engaging with them. And so to me, it's one of the most important times. And, and I will tell you, um, I've had kids in my home where we never were able to get the parent. I've had kids in my home where they show up in that first yeah. week appointment and we start shared parent parenting from that point. It just ebbs and flows depending on the case. Well, cool. Okay. So what's another, that's, I'm glad you explained the adjudication because some foster parents are like, it's been way past seven days. Don't they have to do it within seven days? What makes sense that you're waiting on the parents and if the parents don't show up, then it gets Yeah. And eventually the judge, I mean, and the attorney and the judge, they'll actually move on past that if a parent doesn't show up, but it can be incredibly frustrating, you know, at six months and you still haven't been adjudicated. And that's exactly what it is. Yeah. They're waiting for the parent to show up. Absolutely. All right, let's let's think of another acronym. So TPR, that's oh. one that we talk about a lot, but that's termination of parental rights. Um, it's one of those that basically is not on the agenda until you look at a year. So a child must be in custody for a year and they have different grounds for TPR. And so that's one of those things that we can delve into deeper, like another mm -hmm. podcast where we actually talk about the grounds and, and what it is that they that they're looking at. But, you know, 
a plan can be uh, reunification and secondary adoption. And at that point, they're going to start talking about, you know, what is the best interest of the child and, you know, looking at TPR and looking at, you know, a time frame. And, you know, one of the biggest comments that we hear is that when parents do secure, I mean, when, when termination of parental rights happens, the plan is then identified, um, you know, at the hearing, at the TPR hearing, one of the questions the judge is going to say, like, is there a home identified to adopt these children? And and that, you know, at that point is either a foster family that they're currently in or, you know, someone else. Um, and then you know, there's supposed to be a signature that happens from the judge. And a lot of times it seems like it's delayed. Um, and, you know, I actually talked to a judge not too long ago and just asked some very specific questions of why is that signature delayed? And, and, and what they're really digging for is, you know, what are the appealable issues? Is there anything that could come back and, and a, you know, biological family could appeal on. And I actually, this judge actually says, like, I sit back down and look for, you know, every little detail to make sure. Mm -hmm. Um, And so far she said she had not, um, you know, pulled, you know, pulled them back in court or anything like that, but she just wants to make sure everything is done so that we don't have those situations. We definitely need to have an ep- another episode talking about just TPR because there's so many questions around that. Um, okay. Well, what's another you acronym? Know- we always hear about diagnoses too. Oh yeah. FASD. Yeah. Fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you hear about NAS and what is NAS? It's neonatal abstinence syndrome. Mm -hmm. And so those are our babies or kids that are born, um, with substances in their system. Um, you know, we hear about generalized anxiety disorder, GAD. Um, Mm -hmm. and so we, we very quickly will say, Oh, a kid has anxiety, but the actual diagnosis is GAD. Um, ADHD. Oh, yeah. Um, And now there's combined. And the interesting thing is, um, you know, there is no longer ADD. um, No. Right. Um, There's ADHD. There's. Right. And, And it seems like when a new DSM, which is the diagnostic screening manual, I believe. Um, and that comes out from the medical, um, world, you know, there's always these little tweaks, um, that happen. Um, a lot of our kids have PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, um, reactive attachment disorder. You'll hear RAD or RAD. Um, you'll hear those thrown around. Mm -hmm. Um, a new one that I'm pretty excited about is hearing the words attachment trauma. Um, and that is for our kids who are, are showing some issues with attachment, but aren't at the level that you would have with like reactive attachment disorder. Yeah. I like that better. Yeah. And it seems like, um, there's a spectrum of that. And so that was where they listened and they saw that. And so we're, we're dealing, you know, with, with different labels around that. Um, back. So talking about medical care and that kind of thing. So what are some, um, maybe some of these, um, acronyms that would be related to like a PPO or a, is it a PPOC? I don't even, I get PPT. The PPT. Perma- yes. We talked about in the beginning, a yes. permanent, permanent place, um, permanency placement, uh, team meeting. Um, you know, when you go to, um, 
adopt, then you have um, your home studies done, mm-hmm. and it's a PPAT. Uh, oh gosh, what is that called? <laughs> well, and it's a permanency placement, um, and, and you know, it's one of those things. Like that's one I would look up. Um, what does that stand for? Permanency placement. Uh, let me let me pull it. You know, thinking on your feet here. Um, and we may have to come back to that one after I look a little bit. Um, but think about, um, you know, PPs are usually permanency placement. And okay. that's, you know, totally what we're looking at. Um, I constantly see in emails SW. Mm-hmm. And so that's social worker. Yep. And SWS, what do you think that is? Social worker supervisor. Yep, that's exactly right. And so, like, somebody said, what does SWS stand for? And it's that supervisor. And that supervisor is constantly in contact with that social worker Mm -hmm. and their staffing. And so when you see reports, when you see emails that come out with that, that, I mean, they're staffing it nonstop. Mm -hmm. Um, So what are some that you have heard that... See, the thing about these is I don't know if I, I until I'm in the moment and I'm like, yeah, I don't know what that means. Yeah, so totally. Um, you know, when you look online and so a lot of us look online to different support groups and thing like things like that. So you'll see AD and AS. AD is adopted daughter. AS is adopted son. Mm-hmm. Um, then you'll see FS, FA. And FP. Then, yep. And so FP being foster parent, um, adopted parent AP, but then you'll see like FS4. So that's foster son that's four years old. Um, and it's, it just gets so confusing, you know, when people type that. And sometimes I'm like, can we just stop using these? Um, <laughs> well, one more that I'm confused on is the facilities. So when they're talking about these facilities that these kids can go to, oh, they need to go to a Fill in the a blank. PRTF. A PRTF. So what it's is a private P- residential treatment facility. And so in the state of North Carolina, you're looking like level four, level five. And those are locked facilities. Um, GH, group home, um, level one being a just traditional family foster placement. Uh, level two being therapeutic foster care. Uh-huh. Um, and, and so you're right. It's one of those things that's like, even when we're placing them. They're like, they need to go to a PRTF. They need to go to a where? Right. What? <laughs> um, another one that I don't want to forget is our GALs. Oh, yeah. Um, guardian ed items. Um, if you're outside of the state of North Carolina, sometimes they refer to them as CASA, C-A-S-A. Mm-hmm. And don't ask me what that one is. <laughs> yeah, we don't know um, that one. CP being case plan will be something that's documented. Um, CN, case manager. CPS, child protective services. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we constantly see that. Another big shift in the world is not just looking at the word DSS, Department of Social Services, but it's you'll see, for instance, you'll see Gaston County Department of Health and Human Services. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll see DHHS. And within DHHS, underneath that is the child welfare, the foster care, the adoption, the investigations, all right. of that. Um, you know, I, I get tickled. Um, you know, you see FFA for us, that's Foster Family Alliance, CHS, Children's Home Society. Society. Yes. Yeah. LOTC. Yep. <laughs> I wonder who that is. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Um we talk about, let's talk about therapies and, and the way that they use acronyms there. Oh, yeah. So think about TFCBT. Um, so it's trauma-focused 
cognitive behavioral therapy. Cognitive behavioral therapy is kind of our first line of therapy, talk therapy, and then trauma focus is the TF in front of it is when we work on a narrative of the actual trauma with the child. Um, And so, you know, differentiating between that, um, you know, another one, I mean, we think about this stuff, but then when you look at child welfare, you kind of question, but like DOB is the date of birth. Oh, yeah. Um, SSA, um, Social Security Administration, mm-hmm. SSI, Social Security. I just lost it. Where did it go? I don't know. <laughs> SSI income. Sorry. Income. I was like, where did that one and go? And what was the A again? The A is administration. administration. And so that's the SSA, Social Security Administration, is where you apply for the disability or the death benefits that our children may be eligible for. Um, and then if you think about SSDI, Social Security Disability Income. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's just nonstop. Um, well, I, you know, we had our foster... Uh, um, symposium. Yes, the symposium we did. I can't think to this morning. Um, and we did a whole sheet of acronyms. So I think I'm going to link it in the show notes yeah. too. So if you're a foster parent and you're listening and you're like, oh, this would be so great. It, it do- probably doesn't have them all on there. We tried to put as many as we could, um, but there's a lot on there. So if you're wondering, maybe you just need to get your little uh, guide out that we, we supply you with, and then you can kind of figure out what what people are trying to say to you, but always ask, like, Mm -hmm. just don't be afraid to say, okay, I'm sorry, I'm new here. What does that stand for? And people are happy to answer that question. Um, So uh, do you have one more for us? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, there's so many. Yeah. So DV domestic violence. Oh yeah. You know, um, you know, failure to thrive. FTT. I have a, a little baby with me now that has FTT and that's been a whole different ball game and here in FTT, um, father and mother, um, when we're talking about in the notes or things like that, father is FX, mother is MX. Oh, that's one that doesn't quite make sense. That doesn't you know, at all. Yeah. Um, home visit HV. Yep. Um, DJJ, Department of Juvenile Justice. That's right. So, I mean, we could go on for hours with these. The biggest thing is, you know, Google them or, you know, whatever you use. Um, the other thing is use the the sheet that we gave out at the symposium. You know, and the other thing is if you, I mean, just ask, reach out and just ask. Because some of them, it's, you know, they are confusing. They're not, there's no stupid questions, right? Right. Absolutely. Except uh, the ones that you don't ask. Okay. Yeah. Don't ask the stupid and if you're unsure if it's a stupid question, call me or Gail will tell you. Yeah, it, you know, it's not stupid because I can guarantee you I asked the same question in the beginning when I was learning. Exactly. Um, so we are going to have another symposium in um, May. Um, and actually, I don't have that date in front of me. Do you have it in front of you? I think I've, I think it's going to be May 12th, I think. So um, be looking out for more information on that. Um but and then also you were telling me about something really cool is that um, the state really want or you really want to know and it's for the state how you how the state can serve foster parents or caregivers better and so the survey is not ready yet but it's coming in the next month or so we're going to be sending out a survey to kind of help you guys figure out and why why do you, why are y'all interested in this 
So we want to know what's working and what's not working in the entire state. We want every county to give us feedback. We want all the caregivers across the state, whether it's an informal kinship placement, a formal kinship placement, and the difference is um, informal would be it's not court sanctioned. Um, and whereas kinship, um, the formal ones are court sanctioned. And, and so adoptive parents, foster parents, we want your feedback. And so we're calling it a resource parents needs assessment. And so we want to know, you know, and we'll have a set number of questions. And then we'll, we'll also leave some open paragraph sections where you can share different things to us. But what we want to do is take that data and then go back to the state, go to our, our partners, our statewide partners. We want organizations to know, hey, you know, you're nailing it in this arena, but over here or in another part of the state, we need help. Yeah. And so we want to give that feedback to the state, but we didn't want to do it in an anecdotal term. I mean, we truly wanted some data because we know everybody now wants Don't to data. talk about data. Um, and so it'd it be a situation where we can say X number of foster parents are happy. X number of foster parents are frustrated. And why? I mean, what where's that coming from? And and how many of you have been fostering more than 20 years? What are we looking at? You know, how many of you are brand new foster parents? Um, what do you think is working as far as retention of mm -hmm. foster parents? I mean, we just want to dig deep and it not just be the stories that we hear or yeah. the stories that we go through personally. Yeah. So we want your input. And so I'll get that out to you guys and, and just share it, you know, deep and wide. Yep. Well, thank you again, as always. It's a joy to have you here just to learn more and more about the foster care world. And guys, um, after you listen, go download that uh, sheet so that you have the acronyms and you can answer those questions. And we'll look forward to seeing you back next week. Thanks for joining us today for Foster Carolinas. Were you inspired by something you heard today? Well, we want to encourage you to make the next step, whatever that is. Everyone can do something for children in foster care. If you're not sure where to start, go to our website at www.lotcarolinas.com and see what you can do.